Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world, this sexy voice is Larry Charles. You already know what it is. I got my best friend, Mr. Brandon Pham. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode. Please welcome to this special guest that we have here, Frankie DeRosa. <laughs> Frank, too. What's going on, yeah? What's up? How's it what's going, up? man? It's going pretty good. Good to see you, mate. You're looking good. Thank you. Looking good. Good to see you guys, too. So in yeah. case you guys don't know, uh, Brandon, Frankie, and I have all worked together before in the past. Uh, we worked at Sledgehammer Games together. Uh, Frankie was the senior character artist at the time making the most badass soldiers and advanced tech that you could possibly see on a human character in the game. He was responsible for it. It's it's all him, right? That's what it was. Right? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Close. <laughs> so this week's episode is kind of special. Uh, usually we talk to guests. Uh, we're focusing on Frankie DeRosa's tips and tricks for character art, especially you know going through his background, his resume, and then going deep into... Hopefully, some good tidbits on ZBrush, right, yeah. Frankie? <laughs> yeah. So, Frankie, I suck at character art, and by the end of this podcast, I should be at least like entry level. Okay, so that's the goal. Okay. All right, okay. cool. So, before we get into the nitty gritty, though, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and maybe walk us through your resume as far as you know, you know, how you got into the industry and how you got to where you are now, if you don't mind. All right, cool. Um, so, how I got here. Uh, I got here probably a different route than most game developers. Um, I didn't go to school for game development. Um, I went to school for fine art, actually. Um, so I'm probably dating myself. We really didn't have a game art program in my college. So I went to school for uh, sculpture and painting. Mm-hmm. And then I started making websites <laughs> after that. Um, okay. <laughs> so I did a lot of programming and websites, and I realized ah, this, this wasn't for me. So then I started doing. Um, I started teaching myself some 3D applications. Um, I think Lightwave was the, probably the first application that I that I learned. I slowly started um, getting into doing commercials, and then from uh, doing commercials on the East Coast, um, commercials on broadcast, motion graphics, I decided to come out west with my uh, my wife and uh, take a run at doing uh, uh, movies or games. Um, so when I got out here, luckily I got a job doing some freelance for 2K. Okay. And then shortly after that, um, I got hired at Sledgehammer and for a senior character artist, and uh, now I'm at Dice. All right. And I remember the day you were hired. <laughs> yeah, same day. <laughs> yep. Awesome, dude. So you're working on all the big-budget shooters, it seems like. You're just collecting them. You got Call of I Duty, guess, yeah. you got Dice now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, right. I went from Call of Duty to Battlefield, and... Um, Yes, I guess that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been fun. Uh, maybe creatively, do you feel like, is it that you have a niche or a forte for doing, you know, like soldier type stuff? Or are you just, you know, pretty well skilled and like you can just handle whatever job they throw at you? Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Everything was really hard. Um, <laughs> it's always like, always like, oh my God, I got to learn this or try to figure this out. So it's always really stressful, whatever project I work on. But yeah. um, 
you know, I've always been into more first-person shooters, which is kind of what led me to applying for Call of Duty in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I seem to um, – the time I have to play games these days is kind of limited. And what I like about first-person shooters, I kind of get in and out, and it's not a huge commitment. Yeah. Um, so if I was going to – that's what kind of got me into making uh, first-person shooters. And how I stuck with uh, Call of Duty and that now Battlefield, uh, it wasn't exactly a conscious decision, but it just so happened that's the way. Um, most of my, my personal artwork tends to be more stylized and more fantasy and playful, which is probably polar opposite to you know Call of Duty and Battlefield. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it literally is polar opposite. Um, and I think that is a conscious decision is so I could balance myself. Okay. So if I was working on like you know more playful things or whatever um, – in my uh, f- professional life, I probably would do more serious things in my gotcha. personal artwork. So it's all about a balance. So, yeah. <clears throat> do you feel like as a character artist, it's always uh, helpful to be contrasting your, your style like that? Um, honestly, I, I, I think it, it probably is uh, helpful. But, I mean, it's probably not really too conscious of me. Honestly, I'm kind of like a scatterbrain, right? It's like I always I, – I, I, this balance is definitely like something that I – I have to try to do, but it's probably more that I get bored mm-hmm. more than anything, right? And if I keep on doing one thing, I kind of get stale pretty easily. Um, so I think knowing that about myself, and it took me a little while to understand that and not feel too bad that I'm not doing what I think I should be doing. <laughs> this, you know, the funny thing is I'll be doing something fantasy. I'm like, oh, my God, I should be working on something for real. And then I start doing something for real. I'm like, I should be doing something more like playful. And I have this, you know, constant ebb and flow going on. Um, so that's kind of why I probably do balance out. Um, but it's not exactly harmonious as it might <laughs> think. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm... Like one of the biggest things, the mystery, like for the student and the professional who's working as a character artist or who wants to be character artist is like definitely um, the path to get in the industry as yeah. well as like jumping from uh, a different style game to a more serious type of game. I mean, what, yeah. what kind of things that uh, have you seen that worked for you or for your colleagues in that respect? You know what it is? It's, you know, if it's good, it's good, right? And I, I think it's whatever style you love, as long as you bring it up to that level that, um, I mean, we all know, just if you're paying, if you have passion, right, and you're paying attention to all the different media outlets, whether it be ArtStation or ZBrush Central or, you know, what have you, where you have all these wonderful artists that are just posting amazing work, you know what the, the bar is. Mm-hmm. And, like, just doing your best to try to touch that bar. And that bar is always increasing, Um Right, but it's just doing your best to try to get to that level. Um, and it's going to take a long time, but the passion is just, I think if you have the passion for it and you're always pushing towards that goal, um, eventually it's going to happen for you. And I think that for other professionals will be able to see that in your work. You know, um, that, per- that progression that you show as you get better and better towards that bar, I think professionals will see that. And then you'll be um, a lot of times hired for that alone um, because it's kind of like, like a diamond in the rough kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think passion goes a long way. And, if a, and I know if I'm trying to hire a, a character artist, I'm looking first and foremost for their passion. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of the biggest thing for me. Uh, so, and of course, I mean, skill. Uh, uh, and, of course. <laughs> but you have to, I mean, I think with a passion, it's like the old adage, you know, people, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't work hard, someone who works harder is going to pass you off. And you see that in sports, you see it in music, you see it in art. 
Um, and I think that's true in, in character art. So um, as long as you're, you have that passion, keep on working hard, and you keep on raising your bar, you'll, you'll definitely get there for sure. Yeah, like just kind of like painting a picture too. It's a really competitive discipline, right? Like if yeah. you just go back, what you're currently at at EA Dice compared to Call of Duty, like how how big are the team sizes usually for a character team? Um, probably between uh, five and. Well, between five and ten, depending on that level of production, usually it's it scales. Um, typically, you'll have like a four to six core, um, yeah. and that'd be a you know between a lead, um, some senior artists, and some uh, you know junior artists. And um, then it, you know you have, you'll grow with contractors as the productions are, you know really start escalating. But that's you know I think that's pretty typical. I think you know I think I mean I've heard of some studios that have you know bigger. Um, I think Treyarch, for instance, got a, has a bigger character team, but I guess it's all depending on the studio. Actually, at Dice, we have uh, at Dice LA, we have a smaller team um, right now where we are. But then again, we also have that counter uh, uh, in in Sweden. That's a you know. So I think altogether we're probably about fifteen, I think, somewhere in there. But yeah, that's kind of. So, I have a question that you probably get from a lot of students. If I'm yeah. not a strong, you know, foundational artist, like I'm not that great, you know, two D pen on paper, pencil type stuff. Yeah. If I have, you know, some understanding of 3D, like, do you think it's easy or is it possible for me to still become a character artist one day, even if I can't draw very well? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it totally is because at the end of the day, it's all about practicing your craft. Okay. And like, so like, honestly, if I was a kid growing up now, I kind of wonder if I would be doing more traditional work or be doing more, you know, like if I was really into like 3D for like ZBrush or whatever, because I think it's at the end of the day, it's just a tool. And a lot of times I feel guilty that I should be drawing more. But my tool is my tool right now. And that's, and I guess what's important is that you're doing art actively and you love what you're doing. You're really having fun. And I think whether you're doing that traditionally or digitally, I don't think it really matters so much as long as you're continuing to push and progress and you're having fun doing it that you're going to continue to progress. I think there's a lot of purists out there. Uh, maybe, you know, it comes, I think it's probably a generational thing that say, you oh, know, you have to be traditional <clears throat> before you can be digital. And then don't get me wrong. There is tremendous weight in that. Like if you were able to like draw figure, draw and, and sculpt, I mean, you're going to have a lot of like raw skills that translate beautifully over to 3d. So, I mean, I don't want to say that you shouldn't do a uh, traditional, but if you, if you do traditional art, that's just going to make your 3d that much better quicker. Okay. Um, but I have known of some people that, you know, um, just went right into 3d and they just, you know, rocked it. So, Perfect. Um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't prevent you from getting a job. It doesn't keep you from maintaining a job. No, it's just a, it's a bonus if you have that. Yeah. Skill. yeah. And I think it's like the, the, what's nice about the traditional, uh, work is that it tends to be more loose in how you study. Right. So like, a lot of times when I'm doing a character, it's like a beginning to end, I'm doing it all. And it's like a long, laborious project. Um, it might take like, you know, I don't know how many days or weeks or months, you know. Um, but when you're doing like traditional, like what we know we learn in school, like figure drawing, it tends to be quick studies. Maybe if it's a long pose, you might do, you know, a couple of hours, but it's nowhere near the amount of time you do like a character. So I think it's, you know, doing studies is you could do the studies traditionally or you could even do the studies in ZBrush. Mm. Like I, you know, I've been trying to do something in my free time more uh, studies for anatomy, just doing ZBrush sculpting. And I think that active uh, studying is whether you do it traditionally or do it in digitally, you're, you'll be fine. You know? 
So. Yeah, I mean, and that advice right there too. Like, I think as a student, especially in these colleges, they're always throwing all the general disciplines to you, which is okay for yeah. a couple months because yeah. you don't really know what you want to be. Yeah. But you prolong that for three years. It's unrealistic to expect a student to be really good traditionally and really good at sculpting to be in yeah. that time frame to get that job and be yeah. the best that they can be at oh, a certain totally. level. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of confusion on that subject alone. Just people just thinking that they have to master everything to to be able to get that first job. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just you just find something that you you enjoy and just rock it out. And you're probably going to change. You know, you're. I mean, I was probably more of a generalist when I was people. When I was doing commercials than what I am now, specifically a character artist. But if I didn't have that, I wouldn't know where I want to be now. And it's a journey, man. It really is. It's a long journey, and like. It takes forever, you know, and it's, but it's a, it's a great journey. It's great. I mean, it's, 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 all, it's fun, totally fun every step of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, where you, sorry. Where are you looking forward to going now with your character art journey? Are there some goals that you have? Like I want to do, you know, maybe CG for a movie or are you going to, you know, potentially what, like, what do you have in front of you that you're looking forward to as a character artist? Oh man. It's like, Jesus. Uh, you know, probably, Oh, man, probably down the road. I, I would like to be more, you know, grow into a, being a director and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but as far as like, you know, where I want to be, hmm, just making the best characters. I feel like I, I haven't, I have my, I haven't learned enough yet. Right. So okay. you, the more I learn, the more characters I could do faster. And so I, I, mean, I just love doing as many characters as I possibly can. Because even what I'm doing at work, I mean, I have to do my personal work to kind of get those ideas out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, maybe one day I'll just not do soldier type games and do more, you know, uh, playful type stuff. Sure, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But as far as getting into movies, you know, for a, a long time I thought like that's what I want to do. I want to be in movies and yada yada. And honestly, the more I'm into games, like, and I never honestly never wanted had the idea of being a game developer. But the more I get into it, I just love the process. Um, and creating characters for a game is different than creating characters for movies. And, and not only is the technology how you get it into the engine a little bit different, but I, I feel like um, as a character artist in games, you could do like a whole character. Nowadays, it actually is getting a little more specialized, especially in the more photo real type games. But, you know, this in general, it's, it's great to do a whole character from beginning to end, so I feel like you put that soul into that character as opposed to just being someone who specializes in just doing the clothes or just doing like the hard surface items on a character or just doing the face. When you do a whole character from beginning to end, you really get to like dive into figuring out who that character is and why you're attached to it and um, putting your own self into it. And that's just a really, that's a, the, the most rewarding process. And I think games allows uh, me to do that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so. I think just keeping continuing in games is probably what I'm going to do. I might, like I said, change the medium or change the um, the style around, but just continuing to do that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 One of the biggest trends right now, I believe, for both environment and characters, at least for this PlayStation Four era, is mm -hmm. the the photography. Uh, wait, how do you say photogrammetry? Oh, <laughs> photogrammetry. Yeah. yeah photogrammetry. And photo scanning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How has that transition been? For you, <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what. Um, I, I think how it's going for me 
most of my personal work is becoming more and more stylized. Mm-hmm. And it's probably because of that is because like, and don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful technology. And I use it every day, to be honest with you. Between that and Marvelous, every day at the, um, at the office, it's always, it's becoming like a, a really tech uh, process um, as opposed to, I mean, there's artistry in it and it's never like an end all be all. You get a scan and you really need to clean it up. And right. I mean, you're, it gets you about, you know, at best 40% there, most likely not even there. You might get good textures from it. And so a combination of taking the textures and sculpting on top of it, you get a really real result. But um, I don't know. It's just that's just the way of the future, and it's just it's only going to become that much easier to scan yeah. things. I mean, we're looking at scanners that are just like, wait, what? They could do that? Yeah. <laughs> and you can't. You can't. As far as photo real details, you can't compete because it's just like that. Yeah, fun. It's beautiful, right? Uh, when it comes to facial captures, I mean, nowadays they're capturing everything, and especially when you have real. Um, actors in a production, especially the AAA type productions. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to be that actor one to one. So you can't can't even sculpt it if you wanted it to because people are be like, well, I don't know if it looks like that might be a little bit off. There's no room for that. It has to be one to one. Has to be mm-hmm. his exact or her exact mannerisms. So that's just kind of the the way of the future for photo real type stuff. But for the stylized stuff, man, hey, there's yeah. no one's going to be uh, scanning like I yeah. guess you can, you can scan them like play my cat. Yeah, <laughs> there's no ogre to come in there. Exactly, and that's uh, that's a beautiful thing. So there's always the great from both sides of it, and yeah. it comes back to that balance, you know. So, so making you know 3D hyper realistic games is going to get easier and easier, which is funny. And then yeah. you know doing the fantasy or doing the like you know I guess non tangible style of you know concept design is like oh yeah. well I have to create this from my imagination now. So yeah, I have yeah. to actually model this and yeah. But it does seem like tools are helping even in that area, right? Like, I remember when ZBrush first came out, I thought ZBrush was the shit. And then I think maybe around three or four, they started implementing the, like, Z-spheres, where you mm-hmm. could, like, basically, like, just make your guy in, like, a couple of clicks yeah. and then just start molding from there. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming technologies are just going to continue along that pace. So oh, yeah. just yeah. development in general should be a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's a great thing is as as things become – uh, I guess quicker to iterate. That's how your level starts going up, right? Because there's only so, many, especially in production, there's only so many hours in a day or weeks or months to get a, years. You know, nowadays to get a production done, you have to be conscious of your time still. So, having these tools allows you to get to that realistic or objective faster, and then you can then you can push it mm-hmm. and push and push and push, and then keep on making it better and better. So, I think technology allows us to get better faster mm-hmm. and have do nowadays. I mean. We're all we all know. I mean, games from Call of Duty to like what Overwatch is doing. I mean, all these games that are online shooters or whatever. There's so much content. Mm-hmm. Great, for, great for us artists, but you have to get so fast, you know, and have this level be up here. And you know, the technology like that just makes it, you know, easier to get to that level. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You're you're touching on a good point right there. Like, I think a lot of people mistaken that since Photoscan. It's a lot quicker now that we can build games faster, but no, usually in production, we probably are making up time with other things, like we're iterating yeah. more, or we're yeah. putting more things in, and the timeline is still about the same, or even more in some yeah. cases, because now yeah. they expect more, because yeah, exactly. it's easier yeah. now. Yeah. So, it's a very interesting type of uh, problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the thing is, too, the consumers, which is the best part about it, consumer expectation is just pushing this, right? Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, we, I mean, we all dealt with it before, like, oh, 60 frames a second, we could get 
away with this level of graphic. Mm-hmm. That's not the case anymore, right? Yeah. You know, so it's like consumer expectation for every new whoa project comes out. Now that consumer expectation is right here, you know, and like yeah, how if you don't if you don't achieve that in your discipline or in your your, your type of style, then you're kind of looked at as, oh, wow, that's not as good as this or that, you know. Yeah. And there's lots of things that play into it, like gameplay is probably supersedes everything, but consumer expectation is huge, you know, yeah. so, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, talking about your, your um, you know, you're getting more into stylized and personal. We want to transition into your last, your latest project. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the greatest thing I think when anyone's working on their personal art I'm, I'm always interested in their kind of like daily routine like how do they work up that habit to grind in the morning to grind all the way to the evening and then come mm-hmm. home and then grind all night again and do that for like a lot yeah. <laughs> a lot of the days so I'm very yeah. interested in your process like what's a typical day for you usually? um well aside from getting all my uh, waking up and getting all the healthy things out of the way. Um, you know, the typical day is just um, after breakfast. I try to get some personal work in before I go to work. I know that kind of sounds a little crazy, but it just it's nice to get something done before you go to work because you're super fresh. Mm-hmm. And I like to have a little bit. Um, it's like it clear, like especially if I know I'm going to do you know photo real type stuff. It's nice to have that cleansing of a palette. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm kind of looking at it totally fresh because now my eye is looking at something stylized. Now I go into work and I'm looking at something fresh that's photo built. So I like to kind of kick off my day, even if it's like, you know, a half hour, 20 minutes, just kind of making a little progress with whatever project I'm currently working on or whatever study I'm doing at the time. Um, I go through my day um, and I get home and then have dinner, hang out with the wife and my puppies. And uh, then when they go to bed, I kind of we we'll probably get at least another hour and a half to two hours in of my well, personal work before I go to bed. Wow. Um, and what allows me to do it, honestly, is just I, I love it. Yeah. You know, I just love making characters, and it's never enough. That's, uh, you know, I see so many amazing artists out there, and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> you know, and I'm always inspired. Yeah, I'm just inspired, man. I just really am. I just absolutely love it, and it's, it's just so fun. So that's what kind of... So usually, what what time do you wake up? Like, what what's the time frame? I like usually six thirty. Yeah, six thirty. Get my exercise done early. Get back. Um, probably back at my house by eight. You know, eight thirty um, at latest, and then I'll go to work at ten. So I have my breakfast real quick, and then um, mm-hmm. get a half hour in, and then you know go right to work. And right. you know, work, work is you know depending on the course of the project, uh, what point of the project you're in. There might be, you know, don't get me wrong, there's some days that I'm just working too late or yeah. something, life happens and you can't. So it's not, unfortunately, it's not seven days a week, but I mean, I try to go for at least five days a week. Even if it's, a little, like I said, a little bit of progress is great because then you keep that momentum and you keep on chipping away. And I found that chipping away just a little bit before you know it, you're done. Yeah. This last character I did is just that. I mean, literally this last character I did was done in such like small chunks, half hour here, sometimes 10 minutes there, an hour there. On weekends, when I, Friday night's great because after we go for dinner, my wife, I come back home, she usually falls asleep pretty early and then I have all night, right? Yeah, yeah. So I just you know stay up, I get a good five hours of work in at, at that time and then 
hopefully Saturday I get a little bit more and Sunday I get so most of my time I get is on the weekend, but yeah, during the day or excuse me, during the weekdays, any little bit, you know, counts. So. All right. Awesome. Yeah. So like, <laughs> man, so you grind like usually around nine, I'm, I'm guessing nine to 10 when everyone yeah. starts to yeah. leave, leave you alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right. So let's go right into it. Screen share. Yeah, let's do it. The Twitch audience has been waiting to see, like, if this guy is really worth his salt. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Um, Let me see here. So I'm going to narrate for a moment. For Uh, all you listeners out there, we're going to try our best to describe what's going up on on screen. Uh, But (laughs) it should be relevant. Is my screen up there? Yep, we got you. All right, so um, I guess this is my, my website. And this guy right here is um do you mind hiding uh some of our faces oh okay yeah sorry my bad (laughs) yeah um so this guy is um the latest character i did um a viking Mm -hmm. um and he was i should point out i worked from a concept like i hope i'm pronouncing his name right because johannes helgeson is one of my favorite artists this dude is a badass Mm -hmm. and just for the style that i'm into these days like this guy is just – so I have to give a prop to him. This guy just inspired me to do his last piece, and you can see his work is just ridiculous. So he's, he's a beast. So, um, yeah, uh, then I got pumped up and inspired to do this guy. And um, so this is my latest project. Um, and, and, I mean, there's nothing tricky about it. I'm really – it was done by um, just typical Maya ZBrush workflow. Mm-hmm. I, I rendered it in uh, Marmoset. Which is kind of funny. So I, was, I was actually planning on rendering it in Keyshot. Okay. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll render it in V-Ray. And then I actually I had no intentions of doing a Marmoset. And I just ended up doing a Marmoset. And I realized Marmoset is just so awesome. <laughs> it really is. I don't know. It's just like you can, put a sh- you can push it to such a cinematic level. And yet it's all real time. So I, I truly love Marmoset for that reason. All right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, ZBrush, Maya. Um, substance painter for materials and marmoset for uh, rendering. And then I also, you can see right here, I did um, a poly paint. I actually started poly painting it in ZBrush to get my basis for my textures mm-hmm. that, I, that I used in um, <clears throat> in uh, a substance painter. But yeah, that was my that was my workflow. So it's nothing crazy. Um, I didn't do any real hair cards or anything like that. The hair is all sculpted. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't have to deal with any kind of alpha funkiness or anything like that sure. uh can you give me yeah. a rough estimate as far as how long it took you to get through each major stage well i probably um the blocking stage uh we'll just call the modeling stage i probably took the, the longest amount of time actually i could probably show you that too yeah um mm-hmm. so this right here gotcha this probably took me um i gotta say maybe on and off, maybe three three weeks of my free time. Okay. Uh, so, and I don't know, and just the, the 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 amount of time that I told you before, you know, a few hours here and there. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, I got the the sculpt done. And then from that, I just uh, painted it. The, the painting process was pretty easy. Um, it didn't take long. I probably got it done in maybe a night or two. Um, and I just did this painting process right here. Um, and then after that, I, I started doing the. I baked everything down in Marmoset, or excuse me, Substance Painter, and then I started iterating between Painter and um, Marmoset. 
to get to the finish the finish uh, product. So, yeah. So, uh, Game Dev Unchained podcast listeners, we're looking at this amazing looking Viking. You can click in the show notes, and we're gonna have screenshots that you can go and view from his actual website. But it's phenomenal stuff. Yeah, and Thank you're you. able to also watch the video. Yeah, that too. <laughs> that too. So poly painting the character, is that usually your process? You always do the coloring, at least the basic lay, layout um, on, on ZBrush first? Yeah, nowadays for something like this style, I, I tend to do uh, poly painting because it goes so hand-in-hand hand and it's so organic that as you're um, sculpting, um, you're able to do color pretty quickly, sometimes at the same time. You know, right. um, so it's really easy to have it come up together, and especially something like this where I was working with such a strong concept, mm. um, I was able to kind of poly paint and sculpt at the same time. And and then what I'll do, I sometimes I would, uh, you guys could see, see my screen still, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So then I would just you know turn off my um, poly paint and just look at it just as a, a model, and then you know continue mm-hmm. to sculpt from there. Um, and then so you know I'll go back and forth between Maya and ZBrush. Um, probably, the, you know, of course, the last thing I would do is the, all the detailing, all of this um, inlay stuff, all the engravings. Mm-hmm. I did that. That was probably the last step of, right. the, of the process. But um, yeah, that's how that kind of worked. Yeah. The longest so you, thing, I did, and this thing was probably the, the fur, which I don't really showcase in at all the screenshots. Um, but the fur took a while, it just took forever to sculpt out of the fur. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Did you use any uh, special techniques for the fur? Do you use nano brush or do you just sculpt it by hand? Now this one is all sculpted by hand. It took me a little while to figure out the style in which I want. Like I went for this kind of really thick. I want to make sure it reads from afar. Right. So I went, and I was trying to play on what um, the concept did. It was kind of chunky, kind of first. You could play. You could have went with it a, diff- a couple different ways, but I went for a more playful, readable from afar kind of look. Um, and it was all you know, sculpted by hand, just um, clay tubes, um, some standard and dam standard. The dam standard brush is pretty awesome, especially for carving. Mm-hmm. Um, so I use that a lot, and that's kind of how I did the fur. Um, and the, the hair, for that matter. So. so usually when you start from a concept, um, are there techniques that you wanted to test out and the character kind of fit into that, or do you start it with the character you wanted to do and you just figure out techniques to to accommodate the the style yeah probably the latter like um <clears throat> i saw his concept and i was like holy crap this is awesome and it kind of played into them i mean a lot of comes down to the mood that you're in mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm in the, i was in this really stylized mood so i was like oh man i'll i'll do that and you know i didn't want to copy it verbatim because when i'm doing my personal i have my you know your natural way to look at how you, you view characters or view the world for so to speak is and this is how i view stylized character i want to have my own look of this i didn't go verbatim i just took his idea and then did it i guess the way i look i see form mm-hmm. um yeah so that's kind of how that uh pr- progressed um yeah nice yeah so when i'm going about this <laughs> uh what, what were the biggest things when you were working on at least on the sculpting phase that um went better than expected or went another way that you didn't plan for like what were the standouts in the sculpting phase that um that you are going to carry for for your next project well 
the way, you know, it's funny because every I've done a couple projects that I, I've sculpted fur before or I sculpted hair. And it seems like every time I do it, I tend to do it a little bit differently. Um, just not only do I want a different look, um, it depends. Like this guy is a Viking, so he had kind of coarser fur and it's really, you know, the, the roughed up Viking fur is kind of chunky. And um, so I want to make sure that had that kind of feeling on it. So I guess every time you got to look at your subject, uh, what kind of fur or hair you want to do, and then kind of come up with a style that, or a technique that kind of captures that style. Um, but yeah, I guess the, the fur was probably the standout. Um, and I probably would try to replicate it again if I was going to do a Viking, mm-hmm. you know, um, I probably will try to progress it a little bit more. So there's definitely a lot of things I would like to change in it. Um, but yeah, that's probably the the standout for me is that it took the longest to figure out. Honestly, this is probably four or five different ways I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. At one point, I actually did the whole character um, with a bunch of not quite fiber mesh, but I did um, basically I did a bunch of poly strips, and right. then I I made a brush out of it and I started laying those down. So it looked like a like individual furs, right? And it, I felt like it kind of looked like fur, but it didn't match the style. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, all right, I had to restart it, and it's actually pretty frustrating. So I was like, oh my god! Like I had I, at that point, I had the likeness I was comfortable with. I had the armor feeling good, but the fur I was just like, I can't get it to, you know, say what I wanted to say. So that it took me a couple of times to get that. Um, so it's probably the most frustrating, but yeah, I guess the standout for me because of the bat- <laughs> that battle. And there's always something like that, at least for me. Like, I mean, every time, um, I'll be honest. A character, it's a it's a it's a battle, man. It's like you cut you start off like, oh my god, I can't wait. You get into it, get into it, and then you run into a wall, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, how do I get past this challenge? And sometimes that challenge just beats you down, and you got to watch it. it. Doesn't frustrate you to the point you just drop it. And a lot of times, some people might drop their character or move on to something else is because they hit that challenge and they don't push through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you got to know when to walk away from it. And that, you know, as you get older you might be able to figure out that a little bit better or sometimes you just muscle through it and you come up with something that's, you know, really awesome. At least that you feel good about. Um, so yeah, there's, like I said, there's definitely things I would like to change in the fur, but, um, yeah. So like how, how often do you look at the concept and like gather references of your own, especially for anatomy? Is there any websites that you usually go to or do you uh, look at books yeah, uh, well, anatomy, I, I do a lot of, um, you know, I, I mean, as a character artist, you probably should study um, anatomy, at least do a bunch of, whether like it goes back to traditional thing, if you are starting off traditional, you might want to draw or sculpt in clay, whatever gets you to study anatomy for a while, just so you can have that understanding, because it's, it's like this, it's like, if anyone plays music, um, a lot of times, you're not, you don't want to think about the scales or the music theory while you're playing music. You just want to play, right? Mm-hmm. And anatomy is kind of the same thing. Like, don't get me wrong. You're, as you work out a pose, your anatomy, you probably have to think about the anatomy. But I guess what I'm getting at, you just kind of want to play music. You want to have enough uh, anatomical knowledge, which is kind of considered like foundational in your head, just so you could play music and just see, work on the character itself. Um, because when you run into like a challenge of the anatomy, then run into the challenge of, let's say fur, run into the challenge of this overall character, how it's coming together. Um, if you, too many challenges might dissuade you. So, um, yeah, I mean, having your anatomy on lockdown, however that, however that is, and trust me, 
I'll be 90 years old and I still probably won't have anatomy on lockdown. And that's the beautiful thing about anatomy. You never can. Um, but you should always, you should always be actively studying it. Um, so every time you do a character, you just play music and you just, you just rock it out past it. And then you start thinking about the individual things that make that character, that character. Um, so, so here's another question, kind of putting your skill set into scope for the beginner. Mm-hmm. How many character models would you say that you went from start to finish before you got your first professional job as a character artist? Oh God, man, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot. I mean, I can't honestly, I don't even know. Um, I ha- even to this day, I have a graveyard of characters that either one day I'll finish or I got it half finished or I just lost the steam on it. Like I was just ran to the challenge. Um, a lot. There's always going to be that challenge. Um, so yeah, it took, I don't let it beat you down because it, it, it comes with the territory and you have to kind of do lots of crappy work to know what is crappy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you start getting a palette for what's good. And like I said, comparing it to that, uh, that bar, always, you know, never, you always, and that's the thing too, you should always be productive and positive. Like you want to be, you can't compare yourself to everyone, but you, you could compare your skill set to where, what is considered the bar, right? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't compare yourself by saying, oh, this art, this individual artist is better than me and and beat yourself up about it. You shouldn't compare yourself like that, but you should compare yourself as like the industry standard. Like what, how are you, you know, achieving towards that? Okay. How, how are you tracking towards that? And then realize every character that you might not consider that it's okay if it doesn't hit that bar, because you're always getting better and better and better. And eventually you're going to hit that. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's probably the way I would look at that. And uh, one, one last question for you before I know Brandon wants to ask you one. If, if I'm modeling, a lot of times I would model my characters like in the T-pose, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is that still the best practice for doing character modeling and do you pose it later or is it better to like actually model a cool pose? Uh, what's your take on that, I guess? Honestly, it depends on your output. Um, okay. And what, I, what I mean by that is like, for instance, this one cowboy right here, I knew I was going to do some kind of, like I, I started him loosely in a T-pose mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this kind of like, story to it or at least mm-hmm. try to do some kind of story some kind of pose some kind of body language so i immediately then put it into that body language or into that pose mm-hmm. and then i took it over from that okay. um, so but i knew this wasn't going to be a production model i knew this was just going to be an art model um the same thing as this uh this piece right here same thing i mm-hmm. i got the kid kind of close and then i put it into the pose because i knew the anatomy and how the kid is going to be holding up this shark was going to need all the time and you don't want to spend all this time creating this beautiful anatomy in a T-pose when you're just going to move it and pose it and it's going to start shifting yeah. and then you got to re-sculpt it all over again. So you might as well put all that money into the pose, right? Okay. Now, if it comes down to production models, like anything that you would see for um, Call of Duty stuff, like this is all modeled in T-pose because, you know, there's a rig. Mm. Most of your characters got to adhere to a rig. So if it's in production, long story short, if it's in production – I'll be modeling towards a T pose. Okay. If it's in personal work and you know you're going to be posing it, um, I would do it as fast as I can in the T pose, just mostly for the uh, symmetry mm-hmm. uh, benefit. And then I break it right into the pose and then start working off that pose. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you. No problem. And also, um, the kid holding the shark is like my favorite piece of yours. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> Thanks. One of these days, I'm going to. 
than a painted. I, you know, it was made to be a a, a print, mm-hmm. but I just never put the money in to actually get it printed. So, <laughs> what else do you need to do to get it printed? Just send it away, right? Yeah, I just said I, I gotta quote it. Um, one of these days I will. Okay. One of these days right. I will. <laughs> and I have a, I have a couple more in this theme. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely afraid of sharks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like definitely afraid of sharks. Great White specifically, like my mom said never to watch Jaws when I was a little kid. And then one day I snuck down and I watched Jaws. It was traumatic for me. <laughs> and I've, I've been deathly afraid of sharks ever since. So maybe this piece is about me conquering my mm. inner fear. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's kind of where that came from. Um, gotcha. But yeah, thank you, though. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's why Frankie does all those shoulder presses. <laughs> <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> 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 so like as a professional um you know we, we one of the most exciting things and one of the most uh common things that other people who are not excited is is VR right mm-hmm. so h- how do you feel about all these different programs coming out every year as a character artist and developing something like a VR platform mm-hmm. um I mean, as a character art, do you feel like it's an exciting frontier? Do you feel like these programs are kind of boggling down the, you know, what the the, the main point of making a game is? It, it, it kind of just yeah. like, now I'm switching back and forth ten times before I yeah. make a yeah. face <laughs> in some cases. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I have never, so I tried VR, and by VR, I guess Oculus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I tried that not too many, it was maybe two years ago. I think we had a demo up Sledge with it. Um, and I remember it got me kind of sick, and I was like, oh, that's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's not for me. But then recently, um, I think maybe it's, uh, last week actually, maybe two weeks ago, whatever, um, I tried it again for the first time in I don't know, however many years. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And it was just this really cool animation of this, I think it was a, a PlayStation VR demo. I'm actually not even sure what demo it was, but it was this really cute um, alien and uh, was it a bunny? And uh, you're you're in this world, and I was like, holy crap, I'm actually in a world. And it was really cool to be immersed into it um, and just watch this animation, this movie unfold, and I could kind of pick wherever I'm looking and see the characters interacting with each other. Um, that was really cool. How it plays into games, like, I don't know. Um, obviously, it's going to be a part of the future. It just... I think it's going to be a trick when you have a production like, you know, Call of Duty or whatever that's having to do both VR and the the I guess the traditional gameplay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see that being a huge challenge, um, especially as you're. As, I guess there's got to be a lot of challenges for that. Um, yeah, so that could be. It's I see it being a really fun challenge, and that's the way of. Well, I bet you that's kind of the future, to be honest with you. Mm. I don't see it really going anywhere. I don't know if it's going to be niche or if it's going to be mainstream. I don't think it'll be mainstream for a little while, but I think there's definitely going to be a niche for it. Um, yeah, I feel like, and I know we always sprinkle a little bit of VR talk into all our shows, but I, I'll, I like to take the soapbox when it comes up. Definitely right now, VR, you should be trying to make a name for yourself more so than trying to be commercially successful. Yeah. I feel like this that's where the barometer of VR is telling me is a good move right now. So I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe three years from now, there's going to be a lot more money going in and out of VR. But yeah. for the time being, you know, just try to become a recognizable producer of VR content. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah for sure. 
Yeah, because one of the, you know, we won't make it about VR, but one thing I want to comment is like when person when a person tries VR, the first thing they notice is the, the environment being immersed into it, right? But especially the, the the storytelling part, like the movies that are in VR, where you're picking picking like a vantage point to watch a scene unfold and not having just a director putting a camera down and you're you're watching the whole thing from his where he wants you to see it. I see that's where character artists are going to go to the next level of interactivity for mm-hmm. games. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not just going to be the environment, but you're, you're interacting with the characters. And either it's stylized or realistic. I, I wonder, you know, um, what your perspective, if the techniques are going to be the same or different, or I guess largely it would be the same, but like how how would that affect you know, from a game point of view of how, how you're going to make things. Well, if it's, if it's stylized and there's going to be lots of challenges with it, but, um, I think it'll be more forgiving. Um, if it's, if it's like a photo reel kind of thing, like if we're looking at, you know, um, capturing like an actor's performance and they're in a game and you, the viewer are looking at them, um, and making sure like the lighting and everything is working <clears throat> to make this look as photoreal as possible. There's a lot that goes into making something look photoreal. Not only does the art need to be amazing, but the lighting and the level and all this needs to come together in this perfect harmony. Now you add the VR and the user gets to pick it at what vantage point they want to look at the scene. Um, that could be the challenge right there. I think the assets will be at that level to be able to be inspected from a really close level um, <clears throat> or close uh, uh, angle. But I think... Um, having it look good from all angles as you, you know, walk around the model or walk around the performance. I think that that's going to be the trick for sure. Yeah. So So. I have a a question for you, Franco, when showing off your models, you know, trying to get jobs or preparing yourself to like be like, Hey, Frank and Rosa or Frank and Rosa ready to, you know, work for your company. Yeah. Uh, what would you say are the important things to have on your site? You know, like sometimes people will do the render and then show the topology and then show yep. all the different maps. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that still the standard or is it like, hey, just get Marmoset and then do this and then you're good to go? Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. I don't think I ever did that. Um, I think I might have did it a little bit, but I was definitely not someone who, who pimped that out all the time. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe that's wrong, you know. Um, and these days, I don't do it at all. Um, <laughs> you you know, because I, for yourself, huh? <laughs> you know, honestly, because I, and this is my perspective. Like at the end of the day, I'm I want to create art, mm-hmm. and now this art is geared towards games or or film in some respects. But I want to create an art. I want to create a piece. And a lot of times, I feel like. You know, and it's great for showcasing, and this is how I did it, and this is the right topology, and this, and I probably should do more for that reason so people can learn. But I, I mean, I just like the impact of the uh, the piece of art. I think speaks volumes to your your eye for detail, your craft. You know, um, there's not really too much these days you could cheat. I think any professional will know what's a cheat. You know, what's been uh, as long as you're showing like real time models for games. I think well, you can't paint every frame, right? So yeah. obviously it's a real-time model, yeah. especially with a Marmoset viewer these days. <clears throat> In fact, the Marmoset viewer, and I think even Sketchfab has one as well, um, that's beautiful because it shows your model in real-time. 
Um, and then you could pull, they have peelovers that you can see the topology, you can yeah. see the different maps. And I, I see that. I mean, I much rather that than just seeing all these, you know, screenshots. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was. Um, I think that'd be cool. And I and then me seeing right because my site is all like my personal site. It's like kind of like a photographer site, mm-hmm. and I just have no room to show like um, all those the breakdown, gotcha. the breakdowns, right? So um, yeah, I I kind of treat it as a, I guess a fine artist would, um, okay. right? Yeah. Right or wrong. I really do feel that the breakdown gets kind of it's outdated now, <laughs> and and yeah. like it's good to see at least one. Yeah. But most of the time, people just want to see nice sculpts, and they yeah. kind of just fill in the rest. Like, oh, I'm sure he's able to do these things. Like, yeah. how good a sculpt is. Especially if you're, at a, like a, at a, you know, if you're if you're already in the business. Like, yeah. if you're a junior, you yeah. probably should show that you know your topology. You need to show that yeah. you know how you're different. Especially if you're nowadays, if you're going to PBR, <clears throat> like a physically based rendering, you need to show that you know how to make materials like that. But I think you know once you're kind of established. Uh, some kind of footing in the industry, then you know, um, it's, I think it's pretty assumed that that's what you, <laughs> you know, Keep right? Going, yeah, yeah um, at least I hope so because I, I absolutely hate doing those breakdowns. It's, it's, it looks dated, and um, yeah. yeah, so yeah. And uh, one last question for you for me uh, on this specific subject: Is there a big like guaranteed no no? Don't do it if you're trying to you know get a job as a character artist. Besides steel, of course, but is it like? You know, like, wow, this guy's topology is shit. I can tell because of X, Y, and Z. Or, you know, this girl clearly doesn't know how to do hands. Or, you know, is there, like, a you, a red flag that you can just see instantly and you can tell the person just isn't a great character artist yet? Well, um, okay, so red flags, I guess we're all trying to be better as an artist. So sure. I guess, you know, um, but I think you have to be really you have to be really critical of yourself and know that, um, all right, so let's say you have a bunch of artwork that's not that great mm-hmm. or it's not that it's not that great is that you're still learning mm-hmm. and, you, and you start throwing this out there into the, <clears throat> the social, uh, outlets and then all of a sudden you level up and all of a sudden you level up and you, know, you have this amazing piece of artwork and now all your other artwork doesn't hold up. And there's times that happens. Like all of a sudden it clicks and then you level up, mm-hmm. um, but when you do that, you need to understand that if you're showing one great piece and a lot of not so great pieces, it kind of shows that you're inconsistent. Okay. And someone that is inconsistent and a production mm. doesn't, you can't be consistent. Right? Every part has to be on par, or if not, uh, ideally pushing that bar, pushing yeah. the bar, you know? Um, so you don't want to show inconsistency. Um, and I know that's hard, especially when you're just getting started. Um, because you are going to make those leaps and bounds, but as soon as you do, and you happen you're being honest with yourself, and if you don't have that eye, ask someone, right? Get a you know, and that's a whole other thing too. Understanding and looking for good feedback, um, critical feedback is important to this, you know. Um, but just just get feedback and see what pieces are strongest, and then showcase those, okay. and then get rid of, get rid of everything else. Okay. Just get get rid of it. Show that you're consistent. Now you don't. You can put it in a blog somewhere, and then you can have your your journey. That's a great thing to show your journey, how you got to the level you're at. But as far as what you're showing to perspective uh, companies, just show your best. Even if it's like one or two pieces, two, three pieces that are awesome is a lot better than one piece that's awesome and ten pieces that are the. You know, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, okay. that, that would be the the no no for me. Um, 
yeah as far as like topology and I, I think like yeah i mean you definitely want to show you know good, good topology but that's really easy these days i mean with youtube gso mm-hmm. whatever there's so many ways you could find the topology answers you could find screenshots on you know uh art station or zebra essential or God, it goes on and on and on where you can find good topology, at least decent topology that you don't look like you're a total noob and don't even know anything about you know 3D, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that could happen too, right? I mean, when I, when I, mean, I say that kind of jokingly, but you know, some people just focus on just ZBrush and they don't know proper topology, right? And that's a whole other thing. You don't want to do that, right? <laughs> if you're going to show nothing but G, uh, ZBrush sculpts and you haven't had that industry experience. Um, you're going to have a problem because you need to show you understand something uh, about the techno- the the technology of the, the process. So, um, yeah, that would be another no-no. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, one of the – what's your advice for that guy who's been, who's been uh, in the industry for a while, right? Yeah. And it might be that guy who's working on a game he's not really into. Or he's working around people who are just not liking the photo scanning stuff, like things yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, are there things that you see that uh, are mistakes that mm-hmm. you warn you sh- you sh- you want to warn people about, or uh, holes that you can see yourself uh, falling into as a professional character artist? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's complacency. Okay. That's the biggest. Is the biggest hole, man. Like. It's it's human nature to be complacent. It's human. Mm-hmm. It's even more to be complacent as an artist, especially if you have any level of success. It's like, um, and that's okay, and it's not a bad thing, right? I mean, really, it's not. I mean, if you get it becomes a job, and that's what you want to do, that's that's awesome. But you also should understand that you might get passed off because you won't be so quick to adapt because yeah, this yeah. is a it's a constantly changing. You know, yeah. if it's photogrammetry today, gosh knows what's going to be, you know, five years from now, right? But in that, even if there's technology you don't really like, um, just doing your work on the side allows you to get those artistic jollies out. Mm-hmm. And do, doing that is, is healthy, you know? Um, there's going to be processes you don't like that you, that you do at work or wherever. Um, but mm-hmm. at home, you can do whatever process you love. And, uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're having fun, right? It's all fun. So um, as long as you're having fun with it, I think it's pretty easy for that to continue on, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Like one of the biggest things I see that, um, at least from my journey, mm-hmm. is that as long as you come at it with a craftsman type of mindset, like even though I don't like this photogrammetry stuff or mm-hmm. any new tech that I don't agree with or it's just changing my workflow, mm-hmm. like <laughs> – Mm-hmm. You're, I feel like you're not allowed to hate it until you're like 99% awesome at it. True. That's, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you can use it as a, you know, you never know where it can build up to. You never know where someone can call you later, even if you don't agree with it. Oh, absolutely. Honestly, you know, I, a similar story. I'll be honest. Like, uh, Marvelous was that for, I remember a few years ago, um, I was like, what is this? This is voodoo. No way. <laughs> like, I spent all these years learning how to sculpt clothes. Sculpt clothes. <laughs> you know, and then here comes this program saying they could do it better than me. And I'm just like, hell no. And you know what that was? That was just, I think that was insecurity. I think I was insecure about it. Um, 
And I think I wasn't ready to understand. It's just understanding that you can't control that. That's just where the industry is going. There's going to be things that are going to make your job faster. And then once I accepted it and realized, hey, this could actually allow me to get characters, you know, better and faster. Um, it's a tool in the shed. It's not going to do it all for you, but it will help me get there faster. And I could use it in a production if I need to. And if I don't want to use it at my stylized work or whatever kind of work I'm doing that I don't want to use it in, I don't have to. Yeah. But I can't, I can't say, no, I'm not going to use that because, you know, it starts making um, – it, it creates a hole in your workflow, I think. I think as artists, we have to look at it all. And, and sometimes it's not the right answer. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes photogrammetry, listen, it's not going to be the right answer. Sometimes the opposite could happen. People get rely on that too much. And all of a sudden, it's when they need to go in there and handcraft something, they lose it because they're not doing that enough. I think it's mm-hmm. knowing where to take it and go with it, and what where. To, I think having the, all the technologies at um, at your disposal and knowing where to use them is the best you could do. Um, yeah, I, I think this is something that Larry and design or every other department don't really know about. But like every year or two years, when a new program comes out. An artist faces like a crossroad of <laughs> if they're useful or not. Yeah. <laughs> because it pretty much, that make art button is like our worst nightmare yeah. uh, in some respect. But like the really wise ones see it as just another tool. Yeah. It, it, it's definitely a hump that once in a while we got to, got to face. Dude, it happens all the time. And listen, I'm going through it right now with another thing, like, like photo scanning, like not even beyond photo scanning. It's like the, a few. The technology that's going on for human capture, like human mm-hmm. performance, is insane. Right. Um, it's just insane. And it's like it's becoming a technological endeavor as opposed to an, art, an artistic endeavor. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. And I'm like – because there's tons of things that you, you have to put your craft, your handcraft and stuff to. Um, and maybe if that's what you – then you just focus on. Um, because it's, it's, there's never going to – it's never going to be like all photogrammetry or all scans. I mean, there's always going to be some kind of style out there that you could just handcraft something right from the beginning, you know, but it's also cool to be a part of a production that has this really amazing tech and you're like, wow. And you learn it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, who knows where it's going to take you. So it's not like you have to say, well, now I'm doing this and I have to give up all this handcrafted nature. I think if you do that, then you're doing yourself a disservice and you're actually, uh, you know, handicapping yourself down the road as far as just taking it all in and just loving it all, you know, using it all. So. All right, Franco, I'm going to need you to go back into time. Right? Yes. This is a fun question, but it's going to help a lot of the students and people who are just kind of novice to what you're doing. Yeah. Um, you're a semi-competent character artist. You've been working on your stuff. You feel like you're ready to enter the, the industry as a character artist. What are usually the entry-level jobs that we should attack and go for? And then whereabouts do you think we should say, like, we should expect, I guess, compensation to be? You know what I mean? Like, what's the entry-level jobs that are most common for mm-hmm. character art? And then whereabouts do you think they fall along the salary scale that's reasonable? Mm. Oh, well, that's a tricky one. Um, well, entry-level, I mean, is just that. So that's like, you know, if, as a character artist... Um, you know, if you can't get into doing characters right from the get-go, mm-hmm. that's okay. I think however you get in the industry is probably the way you want to go. Um, I knew, an, in fact, an artist that he came in as a QA, and now he's 
now making props and he wants to become a character artist, but he had to do it a different way. Everyone's got a different path. Um, so I would say whatever gets you into the industry quickest and you're okay doing that job and you, you could do it with a, a passion mm-hmm. is the way the job you should take. So if you're a character artist or you want to be an aspiring character artist, maybe taking a job doing props. If you could do hard st- surface stuff really good while you're learning your more organic techniques mm-hmm. or maybe you're doing your organic techniques a lot better than your hard. So whatever it is you excel at better, try to find a job that allow you to excel at that and get experience. Um, and then it'll, it'll take you down your journey and then you'll eventually get where your passion leads you to. Okay. Right? Um, as far as salary ranges, man, that's interesting. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I really don't know. I mean, not free. <laughs> well, no, it's not free. I mean, you definitely, I, you gotta be getting paid. I would think 50, 60 K I was, I would think for entry level. I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, I know what I got entry level making, uh, I wasn't even in games, and it wasn't. I think I started off uh, maybe thirty-two and thirty-seven, and then in the forties, um, then up to the sixties, and then up, 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 and up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's kind of hard to. But I tell that you makes- what, I tell you what, going on Glassdoor is probably a good indication yeah. of where yeah. you could find what that would be. Okay, um, that's probably your best bet, and I. I I see myself doing that as well. Um, just seeing where you would be, um, and you have to understand too. Like location, also dictates salary. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's all, all other things that dictate salary too. Um, we won't go into now, but there's other things that kind of dictate it. Um, but location is a big thing as well. Um, if you're in an area that's more expensive, you'll get Same paid. Too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You, you like to think you get paid more, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, usually, but then again, your cost of living is really high too. So it all, it all evens out. Um, yeah. Like if you were, I guess a character artist in, you know, for Epic, maybe in the Carolinas versus a character artist for Activision, you know, in the Bay area, even mm-hmm. if you're doing the same level of work, if you were getting paid fair, the numbers could be quite different, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, maybe you might make up better in North Carolina because everything's a lot cheaper there. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, I, and the funny thing is, like, as much as I try to pay attention or I have to pay attention to that, I do my best to try um, and just think of the art and think of my passion. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like, I know that kind of sounds cheesy in a way, but you need to take care of your business. But um, if you're doing it, you know, wholeheartedly, um, I think they'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. That, that the, the money will come. And, yeah. uh, you know. That, as long as you're, and if you really love what you do, and you're, and therefore you're good at what you do, then you'll be fine. You know that's right. Oh, if, if not, then we have a really wrong system, and then we're, yeah. we all should be really worried. But yeah. I honestly, I think that American dream is, you know, as cheesy as what, it's still, it's still there, man. And it's just you have to work hard for it. Yeah. You probably have to work harder for it nowadays because, gosh, you go on art station, you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like I sort of sometimes I, I don't look at Zebra Center or an art station for. I don't know, however many weeks because I'm busy. And then I go there. I'm like, oh, my God. So everyone just leveled up just like that quickly. Yeah. What the heck's going on here? <laughs> um, but that's a beautiful thing. That's like that's so beautiful. And the competition, that's awesome. That's what you want. You have to. You can't be afraid of the competition as scary as it is. And even at me, where, at the, the position I'm in in my career, I'm still like, wow, everyone's so good. 
<laughs> you know, and that's, I think that's healthy. I think that is, it's, it's, it's a pure love and that allow for it allows for the money to take care of itself. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, the skills always trump, you know, yeah. money. Uh, I feel like I've seen it so many times where if, if you're going for a job for the right reasons, eventually things will work out for you because you're going to end up five years later with a set of skills that that one person who was just chasing the money the whole time wouldn't have. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If they're, yeah, it, it's very easy to go for comfort and yeah. be stale a lot of times. Totally. And then, you know, and some people that's okay for them and you know, um, others not. So it's, everyone's got to make that, that decision. Now, hopefully it's, it's passion, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what you want. Um, yeah. And that's, that's everything else will fall into place if you have that. So, yeah. And that salary tip, Glassdoor is like the best invention ever. It, it is. It, with, no one can, no one can yeah. hide that. Yeah. Yeah. With that, you'll you'll find out how you should be paid, how much you should be paid, and you can tell which companies <laughs> are happy about it and are not, and you can mm-hmm. kind of decide, you know, where their position is. <laughs> yep, it's true, and I. You know, I think all that is a power that all artists get as these things happen, these sites happen. It's a, it's a great, it's great for the industry because then that means your the companies are not going to be taking advantage of their artists. It allows for the artists to continue to grow and want to grow um, because you know the family is a huge thing, right? We have our passions, but then there's family, and you have to get paid for it. So yeah. um, I think it's all it's all good for the industry, and and you don't want companies taking advantage of people who are really passionate. Because yeah. that happens a lot too, right. and hopefully things like Glassdoor, everything truly becomes transparent, and you start learning where things should be, and then companies can see that, and they're not going to get the best talent if they're con- continually being under that bar. Eventually, yeah. they're going to have to, right? So, it's all about accountability. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Well, gentlemen, oh, there's one video. All right, let me <laughs> show me that face. Are we there? <laughs> All right, gentlemen, it has been an hour into the podcast, and Frankie, you may not know what we do at the end of the podcast here, but since you were so nice to sit with us and our audiences for an hour and to give them advice and drop gems of knowledge, Brandon and I will stop asking questions, and we'll allow you a couple of minutes to just, you know, say whatever you want, promote whatever you want, or, you know, raise awareness or draw attention to any specific projects or just things or thank yous that you may have. Uh, it's our reward to you for giving mm-hmm. us so much knowledge and so much information. So, okay. yeah, you, the floor is yours, dude. All right. Um, man, like, you know, uh, like I, I keep been saying it's a journey, right? So just enjoying that journey and being good along the way, um, being humble, mm-hmm. very important, right? And there's a lot of people who have a lot of success in the industry, but – What's so impressive is when you see someone who's um, really good, but also a really good person is awesome. Mm. Right. And that's healthy. And that's, you know, what we should be doing. We should always be lifting up like each other as artists. And it it might be like natural tendency to have. And I think it ties into maybe, you know, as artists, we tend to be a little bit more, um, whatever antisocial, maybe a little bit more defensive and all that stuff. And maybe then ego starts playing into that, but you got to look past that. You got to say, you know, you, you got to be always looking to not have an ego as best you can. Um, Cause not only does it allow you to make your journey better by taking in more information, 
the less of ego you have, the more willing you're able to uh, wanting to learn and easy to learn from other people. Okay. Um, and then it just makes you a better person and people want to share information with you. And then you in turn could pay it forward and do the same. Um, we want to take care of each other as artists and, you know, help us help out the, the younger artists to pay it forward to the, you know, as they come along. Um, you know, there's some great artists that inspired me along the way. And, um, you know, when you find out someone was kind of a jerk, that's not cool. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. not cool. It's like meeting your favorite, you know, baseball star or whatever. And he's kind of like, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not cool. Right. That's yeah. not cool at all. And, you know, we should just be decent and, um, always help out each other and, uh, be cool about it. So I guess that would be my only thing I could say. Um, I've been blessed to have lots of people help me along the way from good friends. You know, they've been showing me stuff along the way. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, yeah, just be as best as you can for one another. <laughs> Hope that doesn't sound too, um, you know, whatever. But cliche. yeah, yeah. Here's the and thing speak. about cliche: good advice is good advice, and yeah. that's end of story. Yeah, it is, and a lot of times, I mean, I run to a lot that people are just they have like errors about them, and then it's hard to work with them because they're like, okay, so you know everything. <laughs> All right then. Awesome. <laughs> and that's not, you know, not so fun, right? You want to come into work and have fun with it. You want to have a good chemistry. It comes down to chemistry, right? Your team is chemistry. And you could have rock stars, but if they don't work together, it doesn't matter because, like, you're all making a project together. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, you, and you need to have that competitive nature with one another, but it's like it's a good, healthy competitive you know, kind of comp competition. So yeah. just being yeah. decent along the way just makes it that much better. So Yeah, and you, you got to awkwardly walk back to your desk and write his name in that list of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that you don't like. And then you got to tell all your friends on LinkedIn. It's like, it's a process, man. Just be nice. <laughs> Dude, there's, I, there's actually been a couple artists that I, I'm just like, raw. Oh, that's, that's a bummer. Really? Yeah. You know, you're yeah. like, oh, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and it kind of it hurts a little bit. It's just like there's not there's, there's no reason for it. There's just yeah. no reason for it. It's just I don't know. So be good. All right. Yeah. Go and speaking of being humble, he didn't promote his website. Check out his stuff at Frankie oh. DeRosa <laughs> 3D. Yeah, yeah. Frankie DeRosa 3D is um, usually where I have all my I, and I put stuff on uh, Art Station, but I probably have more work on my uh, my personal site. And a lot I've been trying to post up more work in progresses, <laughs> which I. <laughs> I've been told I should do that, but I'm starting to do that more and more. So I'll, I'll have more of the, those kind of things and maybe studies and stuff like that. Um, do you like do that. ZBrush threads like work in progress threads? I don't. And I don't know why. Um, you should totally I, do it, man. People would love to interact with you. I, while you're I, making I, stuff. I will start doing things like that. I really have to start doing things like that. That's my next challenge is to become, more social in that way. <laughs> you just got to make a, a whip it Wednesday, WIP Wednesday. <laughs> Whatever you're working on, just drop it. It forces you to do it once a week. That's cool, man. Well, you're already doing it like 40 hours a week. So. <laughs> a lot of that stuff, though, is like, oh my God, I don't want anyone to see this. This is crap. <laughs> yeah. So. People love that, man. They Kids nowadays, man, they like seeing crap in progress. <laughs> To oh, interact with it, to comment with it, to like, yeah. you know, feel like they contributed to it. So it's a, yeah. it's a you're it's right, a, and 
it's, it's definitely good, and God knows I have a lot of crap. So. <laughs> he has all those mini art directors of plat 